Thanks so much, worship team. We love what you're doing. Thank you for all that you've done during this time in encouraging us to worship God. So today, guys, we are going to talk about prayer. So we're starting our series on prayer. And there'll be a couple of messages uh, drawing out things from the gospel that talk about prayer and God's emphasis on prayer and how we can learn to pray. So today I want to focus on or if I was to call my message something, it would be shameless and bold, living a shameless and bold prayer life. So Jesus teaches us to pray on a number of occasions in the, the Gospels and in different passages. Um, Matthew 5.44, Matthew 6.5.13, Mark 11.22-25, Luke, and there's a number of passages in Luke. Uh, but... From what I can tell, uh, those passages either talk about prayer being in response to your enemies, so praying for your enemies, or it talks about praying with bold faith. So out of those six different references in uh, the Gospels of Luke, Mark and Matthew, it's either encouraging us to pray for those that we would actually sometimes be tempted to hate, I guess, or tempted to um, struggle with, pray for our enemies, uh, but also uh, to pray boldly. So I want to focus on the, the passages that are talking to us about boldly praying. So really, God has put on my heart today, uh, I guess the purpose of the message is to encourage you all to not only pray, but to pray with boldness and pray uh, shameless prayers to God. Uh, God wants us to pray, but more than uh, him asking us to pray, he wants us to pray boldly. It's, it's not just pray, just pray all day long. Um, boldness actually comes out of really knowing and understanding that what we pray, we actually have a partnership in um, having that come about on earth. So my encouragement for you today is to pray boldly. Um, so I am going to talk to you about a few different passages that talk or encourage us to talk about or encourage us to pray. And really, just before we get into that, um, I want to point out that prayer, I think, prayer, I've been thinking about that uh, recently and just about why, what is it about prayer? Um, that God really wants to kind of highlight to us. And I actually think, because you might think, oh, God already knows what I pray. What, what's the point of kind of praying? He already knows. Um, he's in control of everything you might say. So, you know, maybe my opinion or my prayer doesn't count. But I think I'm beginning to understand this is only kind of probably a thought more than a real great revelation because I'm still puzzling it through. But Prayer actually engages the heart of God, I'm finding, because it allows him to actually show love. So the Bible talks about God being uh, a God of love and that, that he is love. So when we pray, we're actually allowing God to respond in love to us because love is, is unselfish. It's not self-seeking. And so for God to respond because of a prayer that I've prayed actually allows him to demonstrate his character of goodness, of generosity, um, of mercy. If I didn't pray that, God could still demonstrate his sovereignty, but it's in my prayer that he can respond in love to me. 
um, to what I'm praying for and what I'm um, wanting to kind of have change in my situation. So just to encourage you, praise actually, prayer, sorry, is actually engaging the heart of God to be who he is, to operate in love. So just a couple of verses. If you've got a notebook or a Bible there, please jot them down. Um, this is a message and it's kind of got my flavor on it, but you guys um, look up the verses and ask God what he wants to highlight to you from this message. That's what this uh, Harmony of the Gospel series is all about. Just encouraging us to read our Bible and it's so good when you get into it. It's just like life giving. So God encourages us and sometimes he commands us to pray. Uh, a couple of verses that talk about prayer are from Isaiah 55 verse 6 which says seek the Lord while he may be found call on him while he is near and in Philippians 4 verse 6 it says do not be anxious but in everything by prayer and petition present your requests to God and another reference in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17 it says to pray without ceasing so to pray continually, there's another reference that's already come to mind. It says pray continually in the spirit. There's lots of just different references uh, talking about how to pray, but also um, when to pray, how often, so much stuff. We're going to though read Luke chapter 11, 1 to 4 today. And this is a passage, passage that talks about, it's actually highlighting the Lord's Prayer. And when I was researching this, um, I was interested to find that the, the Lord's Prayer that I know most commonly is actually uh, referenced in Matthew, but the one we're looking at today um, is a little bit of a shortened version compared with Matthew. Um, so it's uh, Luke, <laughs> Luke 11, verse 1 to 4. Okay, so it says... We're actually going to read longer than that, I think. Okay, we're going to go on to verse 13. So it says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you though, he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend. Yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. No, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, would give him a snake instead? Or if he asked for an egg, would give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? 
So it's interesting in this passage, and I was really interested to find that in Luke, these kind of th there's three parts that we might have heard heard of before. The first is the Lord's Prayer, and then it goes into this parable about this man knocking on his friend's door at midnight, and then it finishes by um, uh, talking about asking, seeking, and knocking, and having the door being open to you. Many of you would have under uh, would have read and heard about the that statement of Jesus saying, "Seek and you will find," but. So only after kind of looking into it, because I probably was uh, looking at the Matthew references, I didn't realise that uh, they were kind of all tied together. In Luke, it's implying that they kind of flow on from one another. So the Lord's Prayer actually matches and complements this story about this guy knocking on his friend's house at midnight. And then, because it says, um, then he sa said to them, that's not the part that I'm looking at, um, yeah, and then it says in verse 9, so I say to you. So he's actually followed straight on from the parable to then, so I say to you, if you seek, then you'll find. So in Luke, we actually see that these three stories kind of go together. And that's really what I want us to flesh out today. Um, they are mentioned, actually two of them are mentioned in Matthew, the Lord's Prayer, and then also seek and you shall find. That's mentioned in Matthew, but those two areas or uh, messages are pretty um, apart from one another in Matthew. Um, the parable about the friend knocking on the, the friend's door, the man knocking on the friend's door, isn't actually referenced anywhere else in the Gospels. Um, so Luke, I think, is trying to put together, it's like a puzzle he's trying to um, piece together for us with those three passages, I think. And there's a message I reckon that uh, he's kind of, um, emphasizing through this. So in verse 8, I want us to look at the word um, boldness. I just encourage you, I use a, an app on my phone to look up um, the, the root words uh, that are in my um, NIV Bible so that I can get a greater meaning or understanding, sorry, of what that word means. So I just encourage you, use those, uh, those tools and those apps if you have them. If you don't have them, get them but use them so that it can kind of open up your understanding of what you're reading, which is why we're doing the Harmony of the Gospels. We want to get, we want to be great scholars of the Bible because it's amazing. So in verse 8, uh, it says, I tell you though, he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness he will get up. So that word boldness actually means importunity, importunity, uh, shamelessness or impudence and importunity actually means to uh, it means bearing on it means pressing it means demanding and shamelessness um, is to be without shame and impudence is to lack um, modesty a lack of modesty it can mean so when he's saying because of his boldness that man is going to receive what he asked for he's actually saying um, I think he's saying we can kind of press it's very it's it's bold language okay to think that we would be encouraged to press press on God you know um, to without shame without um, any modesty modesty without even kind of really checking ourselves I guess to pray and to persist in prayer to then have God um, answer our prayer it's pretty scandalous kind of language he's encouraging us to 
to um, associate with prayer and petition. Um, so it's something that we need to kind of take notice of, I think. Um, the, the word for boldness in verse 8 is only mentioned twice in the, um, the Bible and the other reference is Galatians 5.15. So it's only on one occasion that he's saying that boldness actually means this um, bearing on, pressing, this shameless way of praying. I want to talk to you about the difference between Luke's reference of this Lord's Prayer and Matthew's now. Um, Holy Spirit, we believe, speaks to the authors of, uh, of, and the men that have written this, this beautiful word to us. And so uh, my, my Bible actually has red lettering in, so it highlights um, what Jesus was actually saying. But there are other parts in the Bible that even though they're not highlighted red and that Jesus didn't actually say those words, we believe that this is Holy Spirit inspired. So Matthew and Luke were two very different men. Matthew, uh, his background was that he was a tax collector. Um, Luke was a doctor. So already you can kind of see their experiences would be different. Um, their ways of approaching the world would be different. Uh, Matthew, when he references, uh, when he talks about the Lord's Prayer, which is actually in Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13, his emphasis on the Lord's Prayer um, I think he prefaces it by saying, um, don't pray on the street corners like the Pharisees do. Go into your room and in secret pray to your, pray to your father because your father knows um, and he'll reward you for what you do in secret. So Matthew's perspective is, and it's not that he is saying those words because Jesus is still saying those words, but it's like Matthew has been hit in his heart by a different uh, by a different message or um, he has uh, remembered something about what Jesus has said and it's different to Luke. What Matthew is remembering is what Jesus says about our heart needing to be genuine when we pray before the Lord and to be humble and the fact that God sees us when we pray. Think about Matthew as a tax collector. He would have, he would have lived much of his life having people um, ridicule him thinking that he's such a low person that he doesn't matter. So isn't it beautiful? And it's just a, a nice kind of thing to have illuminated to us that Matthew is really, um, he has taken those words of Jesus and it's hit him in his heart and he's writing it down for us saying, let's remember that the Lord sees our heart even when other people don't. And um, that, that the Lord will forgive us, you know, when we forgive other people. Um, Zacchaeus, he, he was a man that he himself, he had to be forgiven by the Lord and it, was, it touched him. And so when he remembers the words of Jesus, he's remembering the emphasis on forgiveness that Jesus, that Jesus wrote down. But if we go now to Luke, and that's the passage we read, Luke's the doctor, okay? His emphasis for us, which is what we're, I'm really thinking that God wants to encourage us with today, his emphasis is on boldness in prayer and the process of how do we pray and, and that idea of persistence going in time and time again. He's a calculated man. He's a doctor. Perhaps he's an analytical thinker. Um, he, he likes to compare things. He likes to muddle things through. And so I feel like in his writing, he's remembering what Jesus said about the process of prayer, about the continual um, petition that we can sometimes 
but we should present we should present our things continually to God. We should press in on Him. Um, that I think is is what Luke has been um, impressed that was impressed upon him when he was hearing Jesus' words. So it's an active way of thinking more than um, Matthew seems to be. It's a relational type of thinking about that beautiful prayer relationship he has with God. So Luke includes the Lord's prayer with the parable of the friend knocking on the door at midnight. Matthew didn't do that. He didn't tie them together. Um, Matthew didn't talk about the parable. Only Luke remembered the parable. Okay. So Luke has been spoken to by the Holy Spirit. He's emphasizing something new for us. Um, and then he adds on to that parable. He makes a point of adding, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Matthew's gospel, we don't necessarily have the ask, seek, find verse associated directly with um, Jesus' teaching on how to pray. Just something interesting to note when you're reading the Bible, understanding the context can just illuminate something different. So I'm so grateful to Luke that he's put those things together to then illuminate this idea of boldness in prayer. Um, what he also does, uh, which maybe plays uh, along with um, Luke's calculated mind, he's a doctor, maybe he's thinking along this uh, of using techniques in how he's presenting um, information. Actually, it's not him that's using the technique, but he might have really related to how Jesus explained this concept because of his experiences. So um, what they have done in this passage, what Jesus has done is he's talking about this parable with this man knocking on the door um, during midnight. And what he's doing is actually describing a scenario that takes God out of the picture. He's saying that this man that um, this friend went to at midnight, the man wasn't a really good man. Um, he wasn't really a God-fearing man. Um, and so when Jesus is describing this parable, he's removing God out of the picture. Um, he's doing that, though, so that when he puts God back into the equation, our perception and our understanding of God can actually be in uh, with the correct lens of thinking. So when he says, and let's read it together again, um, it says in verse 8, I tell you though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of, his man's, of the man's boldness he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Jump down to verse 13. It says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So he is illustrating, Jesus is illustrating something to us that, that Luke is, his, Luke's heart is like, oh, I get that, or that makes sense. I want to emphasize that to us or to the, to the readers that are going to read my um, gospel. But Jesus is saying that if you take God out of the equation, if you persist in something, people get things done or people get fed up with you being a persistent person to the point where they actually just give you what you want regardless of their character, regardless of whether they um, acknowledge God. And then Luke's saying that because he's taking God out of the equation. He's saying this is true without God. And when he does that, what he allows, what he, what he um, allows is for us to correctly see the truth in a, a bigger and a more um, impacting way because then he finishes and says, if you then, though you're evil, know how to give, give good gifts, how much more will your Father in heaven? So he wants to say, is this true? 
think about this scenario with this person that's just like a grumpy old man, he doesn't want to let the person in, but he lets the person in and he gives him whatever he needs because of that person's persistence. Then he says, how much more will God answer our prayers when we approach him with boldness and persistence? And we have the backing of his beautiful character, of his good character. So more than just acknowledging and um, being fed up with us and, and delivering um, this, this gift to this man because of his persistence. Jesus is saying, think about God's character, the beauty of God's character, his goodness for us. How much more is he going to answer our prayers? So when we press, when we have boldness, when we have shame, when we pray shameless prayers, in the back of our thinking, thank, um, uh, thank you that like Luke, or thank Luke that he's presented in this way because he's emphasising that boldness is key. And when we, when we pray with boldness, we can have great confidence that God will actually answer our prayer because it's his way to do that. But we can see it more clearly because of that parable. Um, and, and Luke has bothered, he's remembered that, perhaps because he's related to it himself, but he's written that down, he sandwiched it in between these two parts to really emphasise that for us. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That's how he finishes this whole passage. And Matt talked about Holy Spirit last, last week. Um, maybe he's highlighting in prayer um, a beautiful prayer that we can pray with persistence is to ask for the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit actually causes me to want to pray. So um, he's maybe highlighting a connection there with the Holy Spirit too. Um, just quickly, I want to reference another uh, parable that Luke has written down. Again, this is the only uh, uh, point in the Bible that references this parable. Let's go to Luke 18, verse 1 to 8. This is one of my favourites. It's the parable of the persistent widow. Um, and it's just interesting when I'm thinking about Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and the fact that they're different people, um, I think it's such a beautiful encouragement to know that they were men and they were all impacted by Jesus' words in different ways and they wrote down different things that Jesus said because it impacted them in a different way. And Luke is really going after boldness. He's already included two parables and parables are actually stories that enable simple-minded people like me <laughs> to understand the, the awesome truths of the Bible. So he's put two parables in that are showing us this idea of bold prayers. So the parable of the persistent widow in chapter 18 in Luke says this, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. Isn't it interesting? He's using the same sort of lesser, greater comparison. He's taking God out of the equation and setting us up to be like, whoa, as if we wouldn't believe that God can answer our prayers. Um, he's saying in verse three, and there was a widow in the town that, um, who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice for my adver against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to them to himself, "Even though I don't, I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice, so that she won't, so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming." And the Lord said, "Listen to what the unjust judge says. Judge says, and will not God bring about justice for His chosen ones who cry out or who pray?" day and night to him will he keep putting them off i tell you he will see that they get justice and quickly 
How when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So he's taking God out of the equation and saying, that's true even, with, even when you don't have a good man. If you're persistent, you actually have people answer your requests. And then he's saying, how much more can we trust that God is actually, his heart is in our prayer and that he'll quickly come to our aid. So when we pray, we've got to believe in boldness that he's actually using us to carry out a change and he's going to come quickly in response to what we pray. So uh, when that man is crying out, that word crying out actually means to speak with a high, strong voice, to implore aid, to halloo. It's a random word that can mean to halloo, like give a hurrah, like a sound, okay? To shout in a tumultuous way to him day and night. So that's like a really active, it's really persistent. It's like shameless prayer. It's like knocking and continue. It's beating down the door. It's without restraint. Tumultuous is actually almost like um, it could rub people the wrong way. It's like this language that's just saying, come and come and come again to me. And I'm going to carry out what you ask. I'm going to carry it out quickly. I'm going to um, come to your aid. So I want to finish by uh, being practical and teach and highlighting some things for us today that really um, answer the question, why would a person pray with shamelessness and boldness? Why, how, do you act, how do you actually become a person that can pray with shamelessness and boldness in prayer like Luke's highlighted for us? And the answer to that is that they have to be in the truth. You have to understand the truth. And I'm going to highlight four things that I believe that you have to know in order to live a bold prayer life, to be bold and to be shameless in what you ask for before the Lord. Because the Lord's Prayer actually says that we would pray that your kingdom come on earth, God, and that we would ask you for our daily needs. How do we get to a place where we can actually boldly beat on the door until that we see that, um, until we experience that in our life? These are four things, so write them down. Um, number one is a person that prays with shameless and boldness faith. Um, that they are passionate about the need. They're passionate about something. They know that their heart is crying out for something. Like that man came for bread, okay, to, to support his friend. He's passionate about what he needs and um, he, he trusts that what he needs is something that's important, okay? So number one, you're passionate about something. God will cause, cause you to pray about something that you care about. He won't necessarily ask you to pray about something that you don't necessarily have a great passion for. Sometimes he will, but more often than not, we're praying passionately about something that we care about because God cares about it as, as, as individuals. Luke versus Matthew. Luke was different to Matthew. He had something different that was impressed upon his heart and he wrote it down because that was something that God was speaking to him about. Number two, they know that in God there is a supply of food. In the parable, the man went in search of food for his friend. If you are praying with bold and shameless prayers, you are praying because you know that God is the source of what you need. God is the source of help. God is the source of healing. God is the source of encouragement. God is the source of life. If you don't believe that, you won't live a bold prayer life because you won't come to God knowing that he's the one that you need to come to for that supply in your life. Number three, they are confident that God knows and acknowledges them. 
That man went to that person's house because he was a friend of his, okay? So if you don't actually know that God acknowledges you as a son or daughter, you're not going to want to pray to him. That just makes, that's just pretty obvious, okay? And number four, they are confident in God's character. People who live bold lives are confident that God is good, that God is Jehovah Jireh provider, that God is healer, that God is almighty, he's omega, alpha and omega, he's above and beyond anything that we can hope for. So those four things are truths that you need to know. You need to know and trust, I guess, the passion that God's placed in your heart. Number two, you need to know that God is the supplier of all of our needs. Number three, you need to be sure in your relationship with God, that he knows you, that he loves you. And number four, that you are confident in his character. If you believe in those four things, I really believe that that'll transform and I'm hoping it'll transform my prayer life. Some of those things I need to believe in greater depths. Um, once I believe in those things, I think that I'll be so bold in my prayer life because those are truths that I'm standing on. So just to finish, I want to bring us back to that last uh, verse in at the end of chapter 18. I think it was verse 13, the parable of the persistent widow. Um, no, it's verse 8. Chapter 18, verse 8 says, However, when, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I think the word boldness and shamelessness in praying actually is, we can compare that, we can relate that to faith. So he's talking about someone that's so persistent in their prayers. And then he finishes by saying, well, is there people on this earth when Jesus comes back? Will he find people with such great faith that have persisted in their prayers time and time again that have believed and trusted in God's character that have that have been knocking on the door of God's heart time and time again will we find people that have faith for that kind of prayer life and faith is defined in the bible in hebrews 11:1 1, that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen and the bible also mentions in romans 10:17 because we want to be people of faith. That's what boldness is. In Romans 10, 17, it says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So you actually build your faith when you read the word of God, but when the Rema word of God speaks to you and reveals to you something about um, his truth, and that's when faith, faith actually stems from that point. So we just need to pray for revelation. I'm just going to finish and pray for us now. Um, we need to pray for a revelation. We need to pray for those four truths to really be um, shown to us and be cemented in our life. But we, we need to pray that we will have faith and faith comes from hearing the word of God. And one of those ways is reading the Bible and having God illuminate his truth to you through those words, but also knowing the Holy Spirit and talking and communing with him. So we need to pray for those things. Let's be a church that actually has such bold faith and knows that, that even not just a, a cranky old man is going to let, let that person through because they persisted, but how much more will God answer our prayers? So when we pray, thy kingdom come on earth as it would be in as it is in heaven, God, that we would pray boldly those things.
So we're just, I'm just going to pray now um, and then Johnny's going to come and we're going to share communion together and just uh, really explore Jesus' beautiful gift of salvation and, and pray together then to finish. So let's just pray about this and let's just really pray boldly now because we're going to pray that God imparts something to us, that we could be a church of bold prayers that, and persistent prayers. So would you pray with me now? God, we just thank you that you have illuminated your words to these, these men, the men that wrote the Gospels, God, and that their accounts were individual, that Luke wrote something special because he was impacted by the words of Jesus. I thank you that this passage that we've read today helps us understand that prayer, prayer is just it's one thing, but praying with boldness is really what you're encouraging us to do, God, in our life. And I want to be someone that prays boldly. Mm. Just think of a, um, a friend of mine recently that's going through something and I was having a conversation with someone. I want to pray boldly for that person that I would believe that I would knock on your door, Holy Spirit. I would knock and I would keep on knocking and I would be so persistent because I know your character, God. I know that you're good. You're not a cranky old man that's just going to let me in because I've knocked so many times, God. You're not just going to let us in, God, because you're over our cry. Your heart is, God, that you're so good. So you're so good. good. And so you answer our prayer. You come quickly to our prayer when we pray boldly because you're so amazing. Let's not pray just with fingers crossed, God, anymore. Help us to be a church that knows that we can be co-heirs with you in our prayers because you're saying, my heart is going to respond to your prayer. God, I believe that you want us to pray because you want us to partner with you for your kingdom to come on earth, God, as it is in heaven, like that Lord's Prayer. And it says, when we seek that we're going to find God, when we knock, the door's going to be open to us. So I just pray a release of boldness for everyone that's watching yes. today, wherever they're at, that they would have Holy Spirit just even come upon you right now, that yes. you would be able to pray boldly with the confidence that you're praying to a God that is so good, far and beyond what we can imagine. You are so good, God. You come quickly to the aid of your people. When we pray with boldness, when we, when, we, uh, when we pray in faith, because we've been in your word, because we've been learning about your character, God, when we pray in faith, we actually can tangibly touch heaven because it comes in our room. We actually feel the presence of God. We actually make the kingdom come because we've prayed in faith. Not just because we're kind of sending a, a prayer without just fingers crossed, God. We're praying with faith. We actually hold it. It's like we, we feel it. We experience that prayer tangibly. It's heaven come on earth because of our faith. Jesus says we must believe in the gospel to actually see it come to pass. The kingdom of heaven, I just want to encourage you. The kingdom of heaven exists whether you pray, whether you believe it or not. It exists. It's tangible. It's real. But Jesus says, unless you believe it, unless you have faith, you won't actually see the things of heaven come on earth. So God, I just pray that we would pray with boldness, that we would actually um, pray with faith, 
that we would make heaven come on earth because of our faith, God. We would actually make heaven um, a substance that we can hold in our life because of our bold prayer. Thank you, Jesus, that you actually just, um, yeah, you just so quick, you come so quickly to the hearts of your people, God. And yeah, just to help us to pray boldly, just encourage you that if you want to declare something new over our church, amen, by the way, if you want to just declare something new um, in terms of prayer, um, so many people are um, in, in our church I love and they have already got a revelation about prayer and maybe I'm just starting to like even just researching this message but if you want to declare something in the comments, if you want to declare boldly what our church will walk into out of this season in terms of prayer, then write it in the comments, we'll agree with you, we'll, we'll be encouraged by what you have heard from God and we'll join with you and let's actually move together in bold prayer, um, in persistent prayer together. Thanks, guys. Bless you. Johnny's going to come now and, um, yeah, share communion with us. Thanks, everybody. So good. Thank you, Meigs. So amazing and encouraging and exciting. And I was thinking, imagine if we grasped that every word... And every like thought, every prayer is like a weapon that the Father has given us and he's like, steward it, steward it. You know, if we, if we pray, we need to steward and expect boldly. Like, like Meeks was saying, Luke is like, be bold. Don't just flippantly throw prayers out there. Even flippant prayers, the Father hears, which is incredible. That shows his character as a father. Yeah. But let's be bold. So if you pray, expect an answer. Yeah. In, I, I wasn't going to share this um, about communion today, but just know it's right. This week, uh, we had an incredible, Jenna and I had an incredible example of exactly what Megan is talking about. Uh, I'm doing a, a Bible college class at the moment that is um, speci specifically focusing on supernatural healing, and it's been amazing to learn about it. At the start of the class... The facilitator led us in just some time of really directed prayer and connection with the Father. And, and I was sitting at the kitchen table and uh, Jen was around and I was just watching online and, and, yep, and going through what they were, they were leading in. And again, they were asking, bold, pray boldly, pray boldly. And this particular prayer, the lady was like, okay, just ask the Father an issue that's weighing on your heart, hold it out before the Lord, and then ask that he would bring, uh, boldly declare, so not even just ask, but actually boldly declare that he was going to bring that mountain, that, that thing, and bring it down and humble it before him. And so I, I had been thinking, I've just had back surgery, I'm going to pray, you know, healing. But I felt the Lord press on my heart. This is the beautiful thing, is that in our relationship with God, even in our communication with him, he is helping us. It says that he is the author and perfecter of our faith. So if you're finding faith hard, just tell, tell Jesus, I find it hard to have faith in you. Come and help me even have faith, because he wants to do that. He's the author, so he starts it and he perfects faith in us. And so I felt him say, John, the thing that's weighing on your heart is the debt that has come about because of this operation, on, and even because we, you know, we had a bit of debt post our 
wedding recently and so forth. And it's been, it's been weighing on me, but I was thinking, you know, healing, whatever. So I was like, okay, God, I just declare, you know, I pray that this debt, this would be removed. And then I felt this boldness rise up in me, just like Megan is saying, and it was stupid to pray it. It felt stupid, yeah. but there was access to actually like permission, sort of, that God was like, do it. So I actually declared out loud, in the next three months, I will see our debt halved. And in the next six months, it will be completely paid off. It seemed ridiculous. Jenna, who's sitting over there, probably laughed at me because it's way more than in the natural, we have the capacity to do anything about. And, and it's fine, we just got to chip away and pay off. But that's where the Lord led me. Thought nothing more really of it went about the rest of the session, which was amazing, and, and that was great. The next day, the next day, get a message. So people want to come and connect with us, catch up with us. And they're like, the Lord's put this on our heart for the last few weeks, and we want to pay this amount of money. We're talking tens of thousands of dollars. One day, one day. Our debt, our debt paid off, cancelled. A day later, I could not believe it. It was the most supernatural and divine thing. And you know what? The father's actually, he's not a cranky old man. I love that you prayed that, Megan. He's not a cranky old man. Family, we've got to start seeing him as the man that he is, good and full. I was reading a bunch of scriptures as Megan was preaching on the fact that he has given us a full inheritance in him. We don't have to beg and plead. However, we can persist yes. and trust his character. And if we don't see it, well, it may not be a day yes. later. Praise God that it was for us this week. But I don't, I'm not now scared to ask. Let's ask for more. Yes. If you've seen a little, steward it and stir it up and, uh, and, and receive more, receive more. We're going to go into communion. And I think a lot of times we think the blood and the body, right, oh, they're just, we're just making it across the finish line. You know, I've done so much against the Lord or I've sinned so much or I've got way too much um, illness or issues in my life that maybe we'll just eke our way across the line. Yes. Yeah. But this blood was poured out, poured out. It wasn't like, oh, there's a tiny little bit and it will cover a few of the world's sins and maybe just for a little bit. It was poured out. There was nothing left. It says in the scripture that Jesus... He, he was beaten beyond recognition, right? How much has sin and sickness and destruction moved us from the image of God, the heart of God, that we as humanity look beyond recognition? We were never designed for this. Think about events in the world now. We were never designed for this. The Creator, Father God, designed His children to live an incredible life in perfect connection with Him. It was broken. And so before we get into actually taking of these uh, emblems, I want to say this. If you're watching and you are not guaranteed, assured in your heart of hearts that you know the Father, that you know Jesus, that you know that your sins have been paid for at great cost and that you can have access to perfect intimacy with God, then right now is your time. And family who know the Father but perhaps have doubts you're a bit on the back foot. Today is the day. Let's grab it with yep. boldness. There is, there is a boldness, and I, I know that that is a key word for us in this season, Megs. Boldness. 
Hebrews 4 talks about enough boldness to enter in. There's grace and mercy that we can enter into the presence of God with boldness. It is time for us to let go of second-guessing the character of God. He is good, and it was proven in His Son. If you have not seen it in your life, do not compare His character and His worth with what you've experienced. That is why we have the Word of God. It's His experience. It's Jesus, the visible image of the invisible God. So if you have not experienced healing in your life, if you've had tragedy and trauma... My heart breaks with you. We must look at Jesus. He is our only hope. There is no other hope but the resurrecting power of Jesus, the visible image of the invisible God, the perfect representation of the Father. When you've seen Jesus, we've seen the Father. So he is our benchmark. He is our benchmark. So we come today boldly, and if if you need to get right with Jesus, why don't you press pause right now yes. on the screen. If Also, if you need to go grab some, some juice and bread or whatever you're going to have, right, to represent the body and blood of Jesus, press pause, go grab it. But if you need to get right with Jesus right now, it's simple. God, be running away and I need you. My life is messed up. I've sinned against you and against others. God, would you forgive me for my sins? I can't carry this weight anymore. Come into my life. I believe in you. You are the son of God. You are the fullness of God represented. And I want to know you. Help. Help, God. Help. An honest prayer. That's all you have to pray. Don't have to close your eyes. He is there with you right now. And you can come in. Please, if you pray this for the first time, let us know. We want to be joining with you and supporting you as a church family. Okay, but today is the day of your salvation. Let's eat and drink together in celebration of the goodness of what God has done. In First, uh, first Peter 2.24, it says, He himself carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we would be dead to sin and live for righteousness. Our instant healing flowed from his wounding. What has happened is accessible. Boldness will help us access it. And if at first we don't succeed, remain in faith. Faith means even when we don't see, remain in faith. Even today as you take the bread and we break it to remember his body being broken, his body broken so ours doesn't have to be, I believe people will be healed today as you eat and drink and believe this. Together, you will have healing in your body, in your mind, in your heart. It's fully accessible. Boldly ask, God, thank you. You have given in abundance. So today I receive, God, thank you. I ask for whatever it is. And as you eat, receive his body broken so yours is healed. Thank you, Jesus. And then his blood was poured out. You know, it's, it's easy to think that, well, I've done too much. I'm too evil. I'm, I've, I've crossed too many lines. I've hurt too many people. I mean, Jesus looked out literally, physically from the cross and it says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He was looking at 
Roman soldiers who had murdered, massacred, um, you know, in incredible amount of people. It was such an evil regime at the time and, and he was looking at people who had betrayed him and, and people who were so worldly, so opposed to the Father. And yet in that moment of excruciating pain, he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't have a revelation of who you are and who they are in, in us. And, and he was, he was, his desire was that we would know him. And so he poured out his blood freely that we could come back into relationship. So as you have whatever you have today, all right, juice, whatever, as we drink it, recognize that it is now his blood that flows through our veins. It's his healing that has come, spirit, soul, and body, through that incredible act of obedience and generosity on the cross. For in the Son, this is a Colossians 1, 14, for in the Son, all our sins are cancelled and we have the release of redemption through his very blood. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your blood. We thank you that you have made a way for all people to come back into relationship with you. We thank you that you're not scratching your head in, in, in confusion at what humanity is doing. You're not, you're not angry. You're not, you're not frustrated by us, God. But you're a father who passionately loves every child, every human being in the world. And you desire, you're full of hope. And you desire that every human would come into knowledge and belief of what you have done, Jesus. We thank you for the 100% fullness of the cross, the finished work that we can boldly access and receive today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. What an incredible time, worship, and of, uh, an amazing message. Thank you, Megan. And, uh, stick around now. We've got an exciting uh, release for everyone to see. Something really special that has been uh, uh, culminated from a variety, I think over 300 churches across Australia, uh, represented in this next clip, and it's an exciting thing for Australia. Continue to pray, continue to stir up faith and boldness. Uh, love your family, have a great lunch today, wherever you are and whatever you're up to, and we bless you in the name of Jesus. See you later.